Hello, listeners. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Ballet Idaho Out Loud, a podcast series made just for the friends and supporters of Ballet Idaho, and really anyone that's interested in the goings-on of a ballet company. We love to discuss and share what goes on behind the scenes, but really we're here to answer your questions. So please feel free to send us an email or voicemail and let us know what you'd like to learn more about. I'm here with Quinn Orton, who is a frequent collaborator with Ballet Idaho and an old friend. Mm. I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be here, Mr. Anderson. Thank you for pronouncing my last name appropriately. So Quinn, the, the title of this episode, of course, is Capturing Our Image. So we wanted to talk about your role and lens on, on a dance company, specifically our dance company. But of course, you've, you've been a photographer and videographer for dance companies all over the world. Um, but of course, before that, you were a dancer and, and are also a choreographer. Uh, really fun to see you in that mode. Uh, as well as as the work that you've done for us in our program and our promotional videos that you've made. But talk a little bit about, well, I guess we could just start with how we know each other. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, in the very early days, as you know, as maybe our listeners don't know, I took over your um, apartment in San Francisco when you left right. to move in That's with right. your wife. You and Courtney were sort of more mature slightly older than me dancers in the company and became close companions and good friends and occasional parental figures when I needed some guidance. We shared a particularly dreamy evening listening to Dave Brubeck live. It was an unreal experience. I was not in the piece or the group, but I managed to find my way out of that limo with y'all. The piece that Quinn's talking about was a uh, Lar Lubavitch piece that Lar had created on San Francisco Ballet to Dave Brubeck's music. And of course, Dave had granted the rights to that and was in San Francisco for his own concert and asked to see the show and we met him at our theater and he said, well, I'm playing tomorrow at this theater. Please be my guest for, for that concert. And Quinn came along and saw the concert. It was really great. It was magical. One of his best pieces, I think, Lars, like a real distillation of his work and that music. And whew, 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 so good. Yeah. So we've known each other for a long time. I visited you guys whenever you took off overseas or various companies. And then we danced together at Hubbard Street. You probably convinced Glenn to hire me. I think you had large sway over that. I think that your your confidence in me probably helped convince him that I could handle the work. And uh, then we danced together for two years in Chicago and have been around, been friends forever. So I was one, both wonderfully excited when you got the job in Idaho because I knew it was a great stepping stone for you and a beautiful place for you to land and be with your family and professionally for the company. And I knew that it was going to create some really awesome opportunities to create some beautiful new work for the company. And so I was very excited when you called and asked me to do photos. I was excited to have you do those. And of course, you came back and did many more. And uh, if you've seen one of our programs or looked at our website and seen the photos or the videos Quinn has made. It's such an interesting thing to be a dancer and then to move into that role and have a unique lens on what you're trying to capture. I think for us, it's a huge advantage to have Quinn as a photographer because I literally have to do nothing and I'm happy to be involved and it's really fun to be involved in those shoots, but we have full trust in in your vision for what you're trying to capture. And I think you're good about asking for what the goal of each shoot is, but you always make the dancers look amazing and all the creativity and inspiration and energy that you bring to those is really important because any dancer who's done a photo shoot knows that it's really, really hard work and it can be kind of unsettling to get into a, a shoot and then the photographer says, move around, do some really interesting poses. And, and for a dancer, that's 
it's hard to just come up with those things on the fly or to even know what you look like because you don't have a mirror necessarily and, and you're just imagining is this the photo that's going to represent the company and you want it to be really good but you you put the dancers at ease you make it really fun you bring a, a certain shall i say party atmosphere to the work a certain panache if you will yeah well and you're, you're good at improvising and you're good at responding to the dancers in front of you and i think that's also why your piece when you choreographed this season and that's why your piece turned out so well is you really seem to draw from the energy and personalities of the of the artists there and also shaped it with your own really specific kind of vibe and and movement vocabulary that i see knowing having known you in the various companies and um, seasons of our career that was very much a parallel one i see all the beautiful influences that kind of lent different shades to your own creative voice many thoughts there three in particular one side note i'm currently quarantining in Hawaii with my folks is where I grew up. And as an aside, my dad and my mom, but my dad particularly loves watching me dance. So I pulled up some old audition videos and there was an improv I did in an audition video that I don't remember doing. And I watched it and I had a moment where I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was what, like, what chapter were you in when you did that? Was this a San Francisco ballet? It was San Francisco Ballet, and I must have done it for like an early audition season, and I needed something that showed that I could do contemporary work, because most of what I did in San Francisco was classical. And um, it, it was a funny moment where, one, as a dancer, you have enough time to acknowledge that, like, I wasn't as bad as I thought I was, because we're all way too harsh on ourselves. And the other aspect of it was that I really loved was that my style has relatively remained the same. Like, the things that I innately want to do, the ways that I want to move, have been consistent forever. Which sort of made me happy because as an artist, you're always sort of questioning whether you have a voice or not, whether you're saying something individual or not. Turns out I can't help it. So I can let go of that. Um, The photo stuff, the photo stuff is interesting. So yes, in saying that you can step back and not be concerned and let me run with things is a true statement, but only because we know each other so well and we know we share a similar aesthetic direction, right? Like I have seen your style sense. I've seen your interior design sense. I've seen the way you dance. I've seen the way you put work together, the way you direct people. So I know generally the shape of what you want. It was also a wonderful opportunity because it's the first time I've been able to really direct a company's entire ad imagery, which is a great honor and a pressure to be able to really make something that says, this is the company and also particular company heading in a new direction, right? Like this is where we're going. This is the new thing. This is the new experience. And also, I believe the first time I came to do a shoot, I walked in without knowing any of the dancers in any way. You, I think it was the first time you had really sat down with them as a director for yeah. that shoot. So when we did that last season, that's true. I had, I had been the director through the summer, but of course the dancers are off in the summer. And although I had seen the dancers perform the previous season, I hadn't worked with them yet. And that was the first day. It was before the season started that we did this shoot because we needed promotional material for the season that was about to begin. <laughs> um, it, was, yeah. it was a really interesting day and I'm glad that you were there because it made it really fun. But yeah, it was new for both of us to, to yeah. be figuring out different personalities and what people were comfortable with, what people were good at. You want to, particularly when I'm getting to know dancers, dancers come in different types. There are certain dancers who just want to do their thing and you can sort of let them go. And their dancers want to be told very specifically what to do. So I know that when I walk into a room, as we get people in front of the camera, I'll be like, what are your strengths? What do you feel your weaknesses are? What do you want to focus on? Do you want me to give you total guidance or do you want me to let you improvise? 
a lot of people we find it's a good mix to be like, can you go through some movement that you're working on or developing in the studio? And then I can pick things out of that that work better for a still image. Most movement doesn't work well for a still image. It looks bad. So you have to find spaces within that that you can then grow and build from. I would also say that we develop color palettes. You know you need a certain set of images for each program. You know you want to focus on all the dancers and you want to highlight some in certain respects in different roles. So we did have a framework. And then it's my job within that to, because you trust me, because you hired me to trust my own instinct and vision to delve into what I think is going to look really good and be interesting. It's definitely the easiest way to cripple good imagery is by trying to make something that you think somebody else wants. Alana, I would just wanted to interject. Alana yeah. Love, my marketing director, is a key component of developing, like you said, giving you that palette, developing the look, you know, and, and from season to season, we want that to change. We don't want it to be stale. And she has a good sense of our audience demographics and the tastes that that represents, but also moving the company forward and kind of responding to the work that I've programmed and the, the values that are really ensconced in that work. In every, every piece of work we've done, she's a saint. Also, in being able to come back and do multiple pieces of work with you guys, we've been able to develop, I mean, just getting to know the dancers and developing rapport and knowing what strengths are and seeing new dancers coming in and knowing how that's going to change the alchemy of the imagery has been really wonderful. It's the dream, right? You get to work with your friends, you get to make beautiful things, and you get to promote something you really believe in. I don't know that it gets better. Knowing that you know, you've worked with us now in multiple different seasons and multiple projects, how does it compare... Because, of course, you've worked all over the place, large companies, small companies, mm -hmm. mostly large companies, though. I mean, you've, you've worked assisting Yuri Posikov in choreography at the Bolshoi. You've set his work in multiple companies in the States. And then your own choreographic projects, your photography. How does it compare to a smaller company in a smaller community like Boise or Valley, Idaho? Well, you guys speak English, which is really useful. Um, we I pride ourselves on our excellent English here. <laughs> I knew very little about Ballet Idaho before I came there. I didn't know much about its reputation. I didn't know much about its history. And you wonder, you wonder with any small company what the situation is just because you don't have much information. The big companies, you know, the reputations, you roughly know the dancers, you see them on social media, you're aware of their presence. And it's been a really rewarding experience very earnestly. Uh, a small company is nice in that the relationships are quite strong amongst the dancers or can be as long as the leadership provides a good stable support base. And I find that in Boise. I I find that the dancers are remarkably strong, particularly in contemporary work, which has been really beautiful to see. The dancers you have there are world-class, without a doubt. And, you know, it's trust. It doesn't matter the size of a project or the level of a company. It's whether there's trust between the two parties that makes the work enjoyable and productive and worth doing. And I've worked for much larger companies in which there was no trust and it was a miserable experience. It doesn't matter if the dancers are good. There's no rapport. There's no camaraderie. There's no back and forth. It's not enjoyable. In particular, creating the piece on you guys, Shadow of Eden, was probably you know one of the best working experiences I've had in a long time. I haven't made a ton of work on my own. I've always sort of choreographed but as far as having like an official formal platform, I haven't made a ton. And it was one of the first ones that I came in with no preconceived steps, really. I had an idea and I had the music and I had a notion of where things were going to go, but I wanted to try, you know, slightly due to time constraints <laughs> and maybe a little more trust in myself. I came in with a lot of freedom and the dancers were wonderful. Only a few difficult moments, you know. Every piece needs that kind of pressure in a way or friction in a way because you all want it to be something, even if you don't know what it's going to be. 
you're putting a high expectation on yourself. But I think what's great about your process, what I've seen of your process, both this piece and the piece that you made on the students in Santa Fe, um, because before directing Valley Idaho, I was the chair of a dance department at a, an arts high school in Santa Fe. And I had Quinn make a piece on those students. In both of those process periods, you you worked really hard, but you had fun. And I think we we take ourselves so seriously as dancers and artists and performers that we don't make room for that sometimes. And we forget that there it should be joyful and it should be spontaneous and it should be creative. And I think as soon as we stop enjoying it, it can become really distilled down to the analysis. What's good about, you know, where you let your personality inject into the work um, and people respond immediately to that. And of course you had built that trust with being here a couple different times, taking photos, making videos with these dancers. So they knew what they were getting into with you. There's an argument there to be made. I think a lot of us can see artists who take themselves very seriously and put really high pressure on the work um, in a way that makes it life or death, right? Like this is everything that matters. This is so important. And that tension can be useful in making a work very precise and raising the stakes so that people care deeply about a work. Even if the piece is serious or sad or angry, you can still enjoy the process of making it. And I have found for myself that the choreographers that I respected the most, the ones that I enjoyed the most working with, were able to pull really good movement out of somebody in a positive, nourishing, encouraging way. We have this old school dance mentality of sort of harshness and discipline and expectation. And there were a few teachers I had and a few choreographers that I worked with that, you know, they were precise. They were like, no, that's not it. Do it again. Nope, not quite. Not quite. And that's frustrating to hear, but doing it with a smile on your face, believing in you that you can do more and be better and be stronger, to me, was always a really good mode. And then, you know, I have moments where I contradict myself. I mean, one of my best ballet teachers was a total devil to me, like so mean. And I got so good because I wanted to prove myself so hard. So, you know. Was that a teacher from North Carolina School for the Arts or was that a teacher from San Francisco Ballet School? Where was that? Houston. Houston. A six-week course in Houston Ballet changed the way I danced. It is an industry that there's a lot of uh, generational tradition and residual psychology that's mm. hard for some people to adopt new modes and new mm. values in. We also have to have that exacting and demanding and constant striving for better than, than we did yesterday. Um, something that occurred to me that I hadn't really thought about much, but we're also dealing with cultural influence, the Russian and like Cuban, like you're dealing with these cultural things that we don't often experience in normal everyday life in America. And you're dealing with a very different way of upbringing and different way of life that's also intense alone from the ballet training. It's an interesting industry in that we get to, we A, we get to travel the world and experience those cultures firsthand. But even if we don't, even if we're not in a touring company, we receive those influences because it is such an international art form. And the way it evolved over the centuries incorporates all of those influences. Going back to kind of your, your role then as a photographer, creating kind of stylistic ideas and concepts and in, in imagery, how does that ability and that skill of creating a kind of environment, it's not just about getting that shape or that image, but you're capturing a feeling or you're getting a dancer to kind of enter into a, a mood. Um, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a simple thing to achieve. So how, how is that, how is your experience as a dancer and a choreographer and just a creative person and then stepping into the role of being kind of part of the authorship of that? How is yeah. that? 
worked for you? I think I started out early on really trying to make people comfortable. And then I hit a period where I tried to ask really like piercing questions to get like deep into their psyche to try and wake something up. You know, it's a shifting target. It's always a shifting target. You, you try and gauge based on a person's mood that they're in that day. You think about the music. Music often really changes how somebody moves in a space. You obviously have to consider the floor material, how people, whether they feel comfortable on the surface that they're on and making sure that what you're asking for is within reason. We often end up in photo shoots on really odd surfaces and substrates and it can make people really uncomfortable. So you have to let them know that you are giving them the space to change it, but you'd really like them to try it. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. You try and connect over where they're from or where they trained or what style of dance they do or... You know, I've traveled enough and been to enough companies that I usually know somebody that they know at this point in my career. Um, so I can find a moment of connection there. I've really only had like two or three shoots where the person was wildly unavailable. I actually had a really funny one with a running back for the Chicago Bears in Chicago. So not a dancer, but we were shooting a fashion piece on him. And he's one of those like big dudes who's just totally uncommunicative. He would walk, he'd just be like, uh-huh, yep. Okay. And so I like meet him and I'm talking to him. He won't make eye contact with me. And I was like, oh God, oh, this is going to be a disaster. I'm supposed to do a cover shoot of this guy. And he is uncharismatic. Mm. And we were able to start up. And so we started to warm up and like thinking, and getting him to look cool is okay. Cause he can be like serious and like cool. And I'm like, all right, but how do we get him to like loosen up? And I realized that he's talking to one of our assistants who's a really cute woman. And he starts to like get a little like sheepish and like giggly a little bit. And like, I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. So we'll set up a shot and I'll be like, go talk to him for a while. Just go like stand next to him. And so while she's like, and I'll like have her slowly back away so that he's like still sort of talking to her and smiling and in a good mood while I start taking photos worked out beautifully. You just have to be observant. Essentially. It's just about being in the moment. And really figuring out the people and then improvising. Yeah. Um, and like you're talking about the different settings and we're having you shoot on a concrete floor or in a warehouse. We used the Idaho State Penitentiary this year for a shoot. So you get good at improvising. You've done a lot of stuff outdoors, yeah. which is always challenging, but turns out beautifully. I think for me, not immediately judging the work. Well, that's where that trust comes back in too, right? If you have a, a client who trusts you, you're able to go down that road. Mm -hmm. There's a different sort of photographer. Like I often find like architecture photographers are generally very like this is the shot we're going for. This is where everything needs to be. This is the lighting. It's very formulaic. And with human beings, that's a difficult thing to do. And I like it. It's why people get confused when I say what I do. But to me, it's all the same thing. Like photo, video, choreography, design is all essentially just things moving in space in different ways. And so a rehearsal, you sit in front of the room, you're like, all right, try this movement. Oh, okay, well, that looks, what if you do this? I'll try that. What if you do that? And you sort of get to iterate and build and build and build. And a photo shoot is exactly the same thing. It's just for a different medium. It's a person in the space. You go, okay, try that. That doesn't quite work with this. Try that. Let me change the lighting a little bit. And you just go down that road deeper and deeper. And so that's why, yeah, the best people, the best ones, are the ones who allow you that safe space to trust, to be supported, and to make something bad sometimes. There were a lot of photo shoots early on, and I'm like, embarrassingly bad. But I had wonderful friends who were really talented who were willing to support me, i.e. such as yourself. You were a subject in some of my early shoots. <laughs> you learned from every shoot that you did, I'm sure. <laughs> I, uh, I was very early inspired by David LaChapelle, and he's got a lot of like large set thematic ideas. So I tried to pull those things in early. And it's hard to do that right if you don't really know where you're going. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I mean. The food fight Ooh. was, tell us that story. 
That was so good. So we were looking to celebrate your departure, which was a sad day from San Francisco Ballet. You and Courtney had been staple, huge figures in the community there. And a lot of us were sad to see you go. You're going to Antwerp to be stars in Europe. Um, and we, I forget who came up with the idea necessarily, whether it was me or Alana or Aaron, some other dancers with San Francisco Ballet. We want to do a photo shoot to celebrate. So we set up the idea, as far as you guys knew, to do this like Calvin Klein type shoot against a white backdrop with everybody in jeans and white shirts because it's something everyone has. You know, steal from the greatest if you're going to steal. And then on the side, we had set up like, maybe we'll do this like Last Supper shoot. And I knew that someone was going to mess that up and start throwing food around. But you guys didn't know that. Well, there were a lot of condiments. I remember thinking... A lot of condiments. A lot of fruit, a lot of condiments. (laughs) We're, we're, trying to, you know, we're trying to get all the colors of the rainbow, blue icing, red yeah. ketchup, yellow mustard. And so we had Garrett and Courtney sit down in the middle of the table, decked with food, people all around. And at a certain point, I gave the cue to one of the people to pick something up. Oh, no, to shove your faces in a cake, I believe, yeah. in the middle of the table. Yeah. And um, I believe it lasted for all of like 10 or 15 minutes, maybe. It was, it was epic. But the images, yeah, quality. Quality Willy Wonka, food flying, icing up noses, watermelon helmet moments. Yeah. Well, that was a great experience. Uh, That's when I knew you were a brilliant photographer. You're not afraid to experiment. And that's important with any art form, of course. But you really, you embrace that. Very true. Yeah. And sometimes it's much more about what's in front of the lens than it is in how you take the photo. Mm-hmm. It really is something you realize with social media, actually, and with reporting. It's like your photo can be mediocre, quality, like technically, quality-wise, as long as the subject matter is really interesting and compelling to people. At the end of the day, as all humans, it's all about the story. Any work you make, anything you make, it's about the story and the connection, and that is what makes it worth. So what have you been working on? We only have a couple minutes left, but what, what have you been working on in quarantine? You've been in Hawaii, like you said. I know, I feel a little bad being stuck out here, but you know, I grew up in a year with six people out here. So I feel this is my reward for that punishment. <laughs> I have actually been working on a few projects that I'm quite excited about that I think are going to make people very happy. I've been working on two projects. Um, one of them, a good friend of mine told me that she thought it would be a good idea if I started recreating famous dance scenes from movies by myself. I love it. So I am currently in the process of filming the dance scene from Pulp Fiction. I have completed two others and it has been a really tricky challenge and delightfully hilarious. And then I'm working on a, I originally came up with a concept to mess around with the way that they film music videos in slow motion, but the lips are moving at regular speed. So they speed up the song two times, film it at 60 frames a second, and then slow the video down so that the lip sync matches the audio, but everything's moving in slow motion. So I was like, what if we do that with dance so that a song is sped up four times fast and you dance on the music. And then when you slow down in slow motion, everything's on the music, but you're moving in crazy ways, right? Mm -hmm. Turns out that's really boring if it's just one subject. (laughs) So I started asking a bunch of people to help me out with it. And then I saw this transition. I was like, how do you get to transition between them? There needs to be some way that it moves. It's interesting. And so I found another effect that works for that. And it, it should be boring in theory, When I think about it, it's a boring video, but when you watch it, it is weirdly hypnotic. Mm. And you just sort of can't stop watching it. It's strangely beautiful and mesmerizing and you don't know what's coming next. Yeah, so I've been really enjoying that. And then I applied to some business classes through Harvard's Extension School and got into that. So I'm gonna start doing that. Great, so you're keeping very occupied. 
and I eat paddleboarding and working out. Thank you for being on the podcast and sharing a little bit about what all this is like from your point of view. I'm sure we'll see you again soon in Boise. God, I hope so. In a time where we can actually be together again. And in the meantime, thank you for all the beautiful images and the, and the wonderful video. And the video of your piece was so great. I think our audience really enjoyed that. Thanks for sharing all your talents with us. You know, it's my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the platform and the trust to make. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks, Quinn. Thanks, G. Well, that's it for today. Thanks to our guest this week, and thank you to you for joining us. We're really grateful to remain connected to you as our audience and our community. Please follow and share this podcast with others and let us know what you think. Feel free to send us an email at admin at balletidaho.org. Until next week, be well, keep moving, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.